Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Bikes for Death podcast. As always, my name is Patrick, and I'm your host. And on today's episode, we are talking with Jesse Turner, who is the custom bike maker and artist behind Slow Southern Steel, based out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Jesse is less than a year into this new endeavor, and he's already having success with one of his bikes ending up on the podium of Rule of Three just a few weeks ago, and that bike was raced by Andrew Onerma. I was in the Wachita area of Arkansas riding the Lovett Trail just on a little vacation, and I reached out to Jesse to see if our stars would align and if we could hook up for a podcast. I was lucky enough that he was willing to drive down. We had a chat on a park bench in the Joplin campground area, and then after we chatted, Jesse got to go ride on the Lovett Trail, and I headed back home to Texas. For those of you who have wanted to hear me and the Bikes for Death podcast talk more about bikes, this episode is for you. We're going to be talking about bikes pretty much the whole time, but in true Bikes for Death fashion, we're going to get to know Jesse a little bit first before we get into what makes Slow Southern Steel special. We have to know about the man behind these amazing machines. So of course, Jesse brought his personal bike uh, with him to this interview so he could ride it. And I think before I even shook his hand, I swiped his bike from his hands and took it on a quick little jaunt. And I immediately fell in love with it. It was kind of ironic that his inseam and mine is, it has to be like within centimeters. It was so dialed uh, and set up perfectly just for me and it fit me great. And it really did ride Uh, Well, like Jesse says in this podcast, it rode like a bike, but it rode like a damn good bike. I also really like the aesthetic of this bike that he personally rides and all the bikes that he makes. And so while I was there, I also took the opportunity to do a a quick photo shoot with Jesse and his bike and of the bike itself. Uh, And Jesse also sent me some pictures of his shop and this jig that he built when he was just getting started. So uh, after you listen to today's episode, head over to bikesfordeath.com and you can check out that full photo gallery and take in these bikes for yourself. One quick note, I do want to apologize. I am fighting a cold today, but in show business, the show must go on. So bear with me and we will get through this together. All right, well, before we get to today's episode, I wanna take a moment to thank the people that made this possible, starting with our latest batch of patrons. We did have one new patron sign up this week, so we'd like to give a shout out to Jesper Thunstedt, all the way from Sweden. Thank you so much, Jesper, for signing up. We also had a couple patrons increase their pledge, so we'd like to thank Robert Rupp, and Manuel Bousset for increasing their pledges and helping Bikes for Death continue to produce these episodes. In just one week from today, actually, ooh, six days from today, I'm gonna be getting in my Subaru and heading to the end of Tour Divide to capture the finish line and hopefully talk to some of these amazing athletes. And last year's trip to the end of the Tour Divide was quite expensive because I bricked a Subaru on the way home. Uh, The engine completely, I don't know, exploded, imploded, died, whatever it did. I'm not a freaking mechanic. That Subaru is dead. It's sitting in my driveway still. I don't know what to do with it. I'm not a mechanic. 
Uh, I got a new Subaru, so we're going to hope that this Subaru can make the trip, the full trip. I need it to get me there and all the way home. But as I've learned, traveling can be expensive. And so if you'd like to support these efforts, you can find out more over at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. And also, I want to remind y'all, if you haven't picked yourself up a pair of Ombras yet, you are missing out. They are the world leader in armless sunglasses. Sounds weird, I know, but don't just trust me. Trust legends like Sarah Swallow, John Watson, Ultra Romance. You'll see these armless sunglasses dangling around their necks or on their faces and... That's not by accident. These are amazing sunglasses, and Ombras is making it easy for you to own a pair and support your favorite podcast all at the same time. How are they doing that, you ask? Well, Ombras is offering you $20 off any pair of their sunglasses. All you have to do is use code BOD20 at checkout. You get $20 off a pair of sunglasses, and Ombras will send Bikes for Death $20 as a thank you. So this is a win-win situation. To check out their shades, go to www.ombraz.com and don't forget to use the promo code BOD20 at checkout to get yourself $20 off a fresh pair of shades and send your favorite podcast a fresh $20 bill. All right, all right. Well, all bills have been paid, and now we can get to today's episode and my chat with Jesse Turner. I do want to give a shout out to my editor and my friend, Ben Crannell, who's been on the Tour Divide, and unfortunately, he had to withdraw just yesterday after four days of battling sickness and stomach problems. He made the hard decision to withdraw from the race, but just want to give a shout out to Ben, our editor. Um, I had to edit this podcast 100% from scratch, and it's been a while since I've had to do that, and uh, I miss you, Ben. So uh, I just want to give a shout out to Ben. I appreciate all the hard work he does behind the scenes over here at Bikes for Death. It was fun watching your dot on the Tour Divide, and I can't wait to see you back out there again because I know you'll be back and I know you'll get that monkey off your back. All right, everyone. Well, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Jesse. But first, let's have Miles Arbor kick it off with the Bikes for Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. the speed limit the whole way here it's like i can't get pulled over this morning so uh so yeah it was good do you get pulled over a lot no I'm okay just, you just, just like, did you were like i really don't want to get pulled like, over I gotta today. Pay attention. yeah i was like i can't have any setbacks this morning i was like i, I left just in the right time so are you a morning person at all uh i like the mornings but i have trouble waking up sometimes yeah that's for sure so yeah. well but, thanks for uh making yeah. the drive i appreciate it oh, like i said this uh it's not 
not hard to convince me to come out here. I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to ride some of Love It later. I was like, that's perfect. Have you ridden the Love It before? No. or I've, like, briefly been on it on, like, bikepacking bikes, but I've never really, and obviously I'm not riding the whole thing today. I'm just going to ride, like... Just a little 10 mile section up here you can do pretty easily okay so it looks like you're riding yesterday some yeah we hit um uh friday yeah what is today say sunday sunday yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah sunday. so on friday our first day here so natalie uh just got a uh mountain bike for the first time perfect she rides gravel we've done bike packing but she has done like pretty much no mountain biking. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're in Texas, so we did this like river trail, uh-huh. and then she rode like her, you know, with her like 60 something year old dad, she rode like three miles on like an easy trail in right. Waco, Texas. And then we took her bike to Costa Rica, but it wasn't like single track. It was just right. like kind of gnarly double track that right. we were riding, you know? And so we took a mountain bike. So this would, I brought her to the Love It for her fourth time to ever <laughs> yeah. ride a mountain bike. Yeah. And the Love It's gnarly, man. And that's what I hear. So, yeah. Have you never ridden it? I've not, like, I've not spent enough time. Like, a lot of the stuff I've hit is very much, you could hit on a gravel bike, you know? And oh, really? So, yeah. But I'm sure there's very gnarly parts I've not yeah. seen, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, it's definitely gnarly. Uh so we were out there seven and a half hours. Oh wow! Okay, uh, told her it's gonna be hard, and <laughs> no, she she loves it. It's like she's the kind of person that really enjoys very hard things. Right. And I was like, this That's is awesome. going to be very hard, yeah. and you are gonna struggle, and I'm gonna struggle. It's gonna yeah. be hard. I mean, I got I got blood. <laughs> Dude, down. look at my oh man! It's just, oh, I got yeah, all you're... cut up. Like I got oh, a bruise fall? up or... here. Uh, yeah, a bruise right uh-huh. there. Yeah, a fall and just. There's one section I before you go ride. Uh, there's one section I should I should show you that I would not recommend riding, mm-hmm. and I I'd have to show you on the map. But okay. it was um, it a tornado had to have come through there uh, trees. Only, because like live trees were just snapped, mm-hmm. and there was it was all over the trail. Okay, and it was towards the end of our ride, and I was having to you know pick my bike up and then carry it around find where the trail is again go back get natalie's bike and do it again and it was so a lot of this are just like thorns yeah just from bushwhack i was yeah i was like i was in that headspace where i was like i don't care if i get cut or whatever i'm like go 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 yeah get it done slows you down quick for sure but we didn't we didn't see a single person out there that's what, like not one single that's the person hope, right <laughs> sometimes yeah, like, i like it depends i like that I like yeah it, that's yeah. i'm like that's that's what i'm stoked about so. yeah yeah i'm i was very happy not to see anybody but it also like surprised me um it makes me wonder how many people are riding in this wachita area now i know it's oh, it doesn't it's crazy how many people from like northwest arkansas area where obviously there's so much mountain biking have never been here like me for instance like i've never ridden the full system or anything you know i've mostly been down here to ride gravel gravel road stuff so yeah yeah. is that just because of your personal preference for like the type of riding you do oh it's just hard to leave when you have so many trails you're just like unless i haven't unless i want to like make a trip out of it you know i'm like i can go hit trails right any day of the week like my front door uh me and Andrew live together right now, and so we we can like leave our front door and hit like 
25 miles a single track out of, in Fayetteville, actually. So Oh, y'all are in Fayetteville. Yeah, we're in Fayetteville. So, so what single track is that? So it's mostly like the Fayetteville Traverse. So it's like it kind of connects a few different trails within Fayetteville. And so it's like a combination of like Greenway and like little like pump tracky kind of stuff uh, like you know rollers and pack down stuff and then uh it cuts through campus now and stuff and so right. that's really cool uh there's even like a like it goes under the highway which is like there's not a great way to cross the highway right now in Fayetteville on, on a bike at least but there's a cattle tunnel under it and so the mountain bike trail like will put you into this cattle tunnel that it's closed down now for cattle obviously but you can ride your bike under the highway and like connect two trail systems it's really awesome so does it connect to like the razorback greenway yep all connected to that yeah Yeah. and if like centennial park which is where they've been racing like all the big pro races and stuff like xc style stuff in fayetteville uh it connects that to like kind of the downtown area so which they're, they're all smaller trails, you know, but, um, like kind of in town trails, but kind of Fayetteville famous, you know? So I haven't ridden any of those trails. I'm only familiar with them by looking at like heat maps. And like, oh, I know yeah. I like visually, I can picture <laughs> it like in a heat map format, uh-huh. what you're talking about, but I've actually never done any riding. I've done a lot in like Bentonville and Bella Vista yeah. up there, but I just haven't made it to Fayetteville yet totally. to do any riding. I think, yeah. And it's, it's a little bit like, uh, what do you call it like obviously Bentonville is the place people are gonna go if they're from out of town you know yeah but uh, Fayetteville has got a little bit different style trail which is fun it's a little more like hand cut maybe a little more old school stuff right um, a little more techie a lot more rocks so um but I don't really know that why that is. I think Fayetteville is just like, we're going to keep them classic here, you know? So, <laughs> well, a little bit of everything. Yeah, man. exactly. So, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, because because I'm from Texas, it's, you know, I think it's six and a half hours to get to like Wachita where we are here. Okay. And you got the Womble and you got Love It. Mm-hmm. And what do you remember the third trail that's over here? It was part uh, of Lindsay Shepard's Wachita Triple oh, Crown. The Triple Crown. Yeah. I can't remember the third trail. Anyway, there's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, look. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I don't remember either. But so I've, I've like, whenever I drive to Aus- or Arkansas, a lot of times I'll just kind of stop in this area because it's closer. Oh. But if you live in northwest Arkansas, I was thinking about, I'm like, I wonder how many people are like making the trek out here because it's, you Not have an, so many yeah. options. I mean, you got Eureka Springs, you got Bella Vista, you got Bentonville, you got Fayetteville. I mean, it's Uh-oh. just like, so you got Hobbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I'm sure I'm missing like a hundred places. Oh, easily. <laughs> yes, it'd be hard to name them all, but yeah, it's definitely not enough people come out here. I don't think, um, my impression of like this area, a lot of it's shaped from like doing the high country route. And this is definitely the most beautiful section I've seen on the route is like the Washita's. And I remember like uh, Crystal Springs, which is not far from here. Yeah, it's like seven miles. Oh I think. man, like where the high country goes through there was just like a highlight of when I rode it, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, uh, mind you, like you'll be like riding down just a random gravel road, like climb, like classic Arkansas, just covered in green, you know, like, uh, not a lot of sunshine and then all of a sudden it'll like open up to like uh, 
like campgrounds and like you know creek on the side and like just like little bluffs and stuff it just like I, it's been a few years since i did it but it blew my mind when i rode through there i was like holy crap like this is in arkansas like this looks from like a movie kind of thing oh, you know oh. so yeah that's someone i want to quote the right person oh yeah it was eric house I asked him, we were always doom. It's a different route. Right. But I mean, we're talking about the beauty of Arkansas and Lindsay Shepard said something similar. It's like very hard, but the beauty makes it easier. You know, it's like when you factor in how beautiful it is and how like stimulated you are from a visual perspective and you just get view after view after view. Oh, it, yeah, it's hard, but it's also like there's a big payoff. Oh, for it. totally. And I think like, especially in the summer, you don't see near as much until you get to a high spot. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can see through all the trees or like above all the trees now. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize I was like up here already, yeah. you know? Have you been to Hickory Nut uh, Vista? No. Okay. That might Don't be. You check it out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually not far. It's probably like a, it's probably like five miles from here on the Lovett to get up there. Okay. But I think it's one of the best views in Arkansas. Um, so you get. Uh, I mean, it's only like 1,800 feet, but, mm -hmm. you know, we're at 700 feet right now. So you right. get up to 1,800 and you have almost a 180-degree view of Lake Wachita. And then then you get like, you can see for miles, like on a day like today where it's just clear, you'll yeah. see for miles and you just see like, you know, rolling mountains or hills okay. or whatever you know yeah. what do you call these mountains or hills <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people call them hills i think they're mountains <laughs> i'm from texas so i'm like yeah this is, these are mountains i'm climbing mountains just now. <laughs> actually driving out here i was like that's a mountain that's, that's a mountain totally right a mountain. Yeah, yeah come on man that's a mountain <laughs> yeah it's huge <laughs> oh how long have you been in arkansas so are you I from actually, here or? yeah i'm from here so i grew up here and it's weird because like I I've ridden outside Arkansas some, but like you know ninety nine percent of what I've done is here, and so but I grew up ninety nine percent of the riding you've done has been in Arkansas. Oh, totally, yeah. Wow. So, so born here and born here, yeah. Got into bikes here. So I was born. Uh, actually, I was I was not born here. I moved here when I was like three. Um, I was okay. born in Alabama, and uh, yeah, my parents moved here like. I don't know, like 91, 92. And uh, so basically, I, yeah, I grew up here. We lived on like a farm outside of town. So, Which town? Uh, Fayetteville. So oh. just outside of Fayetteville. Yeah. So a little bit, kind of its own bubble of Arkansas, you know? So it's like, it's a unique place to grow up. And you're like, I'm from Arkansas, but not that Arkansas, you know, or whatever, you know, not way out there, but the city. You know? I'm guessing you would be west of Fayetteville. Yep. West yep. of Fayetteville. Yeah. So yeah. there's just west of Fayetteville. Right. So, um, which is awesome. Cause I like, I grew up on like the gravel roads that we ride constantly to leave town. And it's like, Hey, this is my grandma's house. Like, man, that's crazy. You grew up in Arkansas and you're like, this is good. Why would I leave? Like you don't even leave to go ride bikes other places. No, like, you're just, you're, oh, you like it here. That's been the weirdest thing. Cause like growing up, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to move somewhere cool. Like I was really into like motocross and like dirt bikes. when I was like a teenager and like we lived on a farm. So like we had the space for it, but it was always like, I want to move to like Southern California where like motocross is cool and stuff. And then like the older I got, got into bicycles and then like the more bikes have grown in this area, it's like, I cannot leave, especially <laughs> with like, Oh, you're going to make 
bikes your career it's like okay like yeah. you, you probably need to stay here <laughs> like you know you got the you got a couple customers here <laughs> exactly connection yeah connections yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the big part so yeah that is big i'm actually interested yeah. to know about your motocross a little bit yeah when, like what years of your life were you doing that and then when did you transfer into like bicycles like so motocross would have been like i started racing when i was like 13 so i was a little not some kids start when they're like six you know so i was yeah. like a little older um, and then I raced until my senior year, but bicycles were kind of like alongside that. So like, as soon as I had a dirt bike, I was like into BMX, you know, cause it's like, you know, hitting jumps and whatever. And yeah. it's also like motocross. It's like you ride like once, twice a week, maybe, you know, where bikes are, you can ride them whenever you want, you know, right. you don't have to like gas up and beg your dad to drive you somewhere you know yeah there's actually so. a lot of crossover between uh not just the sports but the athletes that do uh motocross a lot of them are mountain bikers or bmxers oh, right a ton yeah. yeah and i it carries over great you right. know so um but yeah so i was like always riding bmx was like the big thing when i was in high school like besides motocross i was like the bicycle part of my life and uh i think when i was like 17 i got a job in a bike shop it was like my first real job ever and uh it was all like i was like i want a discount on bmx bikes you know that's all i wanted and like within a year working there i like had a road bike and like had like you know a few other just random bikes you know and at the time i actually didn't mountain bike yet because like in my head that was like oh that's kind of lame like bmx is like way cooler you yeah. know or whatever and uh but that would have been like so that was like into high school started working in a bike shop and then just slowly kind of got into bicycles completely and i was like okay like and like as soon as i was done living with my parents it's like i couldn't afford motocross anymore so it's yeah. kind of like i was like you know what uh bikes are really fun <laughs> they tick all the boxes that motocross did for me and so um but yeah so yeah you yeah. can't do motocross at 13 without a lot of support from your family oh, i mean i can't there's believe it no way yeah. no my dad luckily my dad was like obsessed with that kind of like oh right just on. like hobbies like that like actually before that i raced a go-kart when i was super young yeah. when i was like seven were you an only kid no i'm the oldest of four children oh dang so, yeah so were they kinda... doing all this kind of stuff with like yeah totally okay. well I, so it's good parents they're they're awesome so they're like three three older brothers and i have a younger sister or not three there's three of the three oldest are brothers and then my sister and uh two of my brothers they were into dirt bikes too and like one of them got into like racing and stuff but um i'm the only one who like stuck with it really after like high school which i say stuck with it i like transitioned to bicycles but like um you know they all we all had our separate hobbies at the you know went our own ways you know um but yeah awesome family like my parents definitely they saw i loved bicycles and like just two wheels in general so they definitely were did all they could to make sure i could like you know, ride as much as I wanted, basically, and yeah. stuff. So, well, growing up in the country, I mean, that, oh yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> it's like a playground for kids. If if that's what oh, if that's what you're into, man. Totally, it was just like, 
yes, you can have a dirt bike if you leave me alone and go ride this for disappear for a few hours, you know? So, so Andrew is your new roommate. Yep. So you had a house and then he moved in with you? No. We all got a house together? We got a house together last summer. That's awesome. Or the end of last summer, he sold his cabin mm-hmm. that he was living in. That's sad. It is sad, but... Did he, he just want to be closer to... I think he missed the friend group, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. it was just so far to drive for him. And we have, like, through, obviously, like, the Ozark Gravel Cyclists. Like, that's kind of our our whole, like, friend group at this point. Which, not whole friend group, but a, a big part yeah. of it, you know? And so, I think he was just like, man, I'm missing everything. <laughs> and so, just got... And I think it's just expensive. Like, if you end up needing to, having a job, it's like gotta commute like a long way so i think that's kind of what yeah did it for him like just convenient for him but yeah, yeah i think that's what it was so so when andrew yeah. moved in you were like if you want to live together i have to build you build you a bike <laughs> no i re- i mean honestly we were we we're friends so he's he's actually so we just a backstory on how we met a little bit he lived in arkansas like when we were in college we went to we both went to school in fayetteville and he like moved around through his 20s did a bunch of stuff and then when COVID hit he moved back to arkansas and at the time he didn't even have a gravel bike yet so he i I think he may have talked about this when he was on here but um no gravel bike so came like he just happened to be in town and that's right that was like the like winter before the first year of the high country so like the winter 2018 i think was when we kind of started talking a little bit and uh he saw me do like the high country or try the high country the first year in 2019 and then when COVID hit 2020 he moved down immediately like what well, actually did a few gravel rides on a road bike and then immediately got a gravel bike and then that's kind of when we became homies you know but i do remember like when we so we tried the high country uh 2021 sorry i'm sorry 2020 that summer um which is when they canceled it but we just were like we'll do an itt and go do it anyways and uh like right then i was already talking to him about like frame building i was like man i like i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna chase this like dream kind of frame building and uh so he's kind of been there since the beginning so i think uh now that things are kind of in full swing rolling he was like yeah i gotta ride a bike and i was like yeah you i gotta have you on one of my bikes because i'm like and i'm always like dude if you got like some sick hookup i'll be like yeah dude go go ride for that big brand you know but i was like you don't right now man i was like i was like it'd be sweet if you're riding my bike because i I know you're gonna get some eyes on it you know so uh sure um we'll put some ears on it he can put some eyes on it yeah dude i'm i'm very thankful it's gonna be awesome so I tried to get him a deal, but he turned me down. Tire clearance, right? Tire clearance, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And now yeah. I see why, <laughs> like, having the big, beefy tires here in Arkansas does make a lot of sense. It does. And it's like, once you have tried them out, that it's like, how do you... Like, you'll put smaller tires on, and you're like, it's just not as fun. <laughs> like, you know, you gotta gotta keep the big tires. Yeah, so. that bike, uh, for the listening audience, I... I guess we haven't mentioned, but Jesse here has started a bike company, Slow Southern Steel. That's it. And uh, you're like less than a year into yeah. building bikes, right? Yep. This so, is like a brand new, brand, brand new thing. Totally. But, uh, a little over a year building 
that bike at least um but yeah as far as a business it wasn't really legit to like january so um but we're fully legit insured what made you (laughs) like you said you've been talking about it since Mm -hmm. like 2018 2019 like what where did that idea come from and what made you actually want to pursue it so i've always been like uh like i love bikes and like i love riding them but like half of the fun to me is working on them and like tinkering on them and like that's what i love like bike packing specifically it's like there's so much gear to like dial in (laughs) and like customize and specialize and uh so i really like the tech side of stuff so like i was always working in bike shops as a bike mechanic and i mean stared at ridden thousands of bikes you know stared at thousands of bikes worked on them seen all the ways that they aren't great you know sometimes in the ways where they are and honestly so i went to like i have an art background so i went to like art school um sculpture so i had a little bit of like making experience and so i don't really know when the dream popped up but honestly probably like as soon as i realized it was a possibility i'm like oh you can make your own bicycle i was like i want to make a bike so it's i've been thinking about it for like 10 years at least now so um never really intended to like make a company necessarily but it's kind of like all the cards are falling into place as far as like i'm in the right i feel like i'm in the right area it's a good timing for it um and i'm in a good spot uh for doing something like this like i'm a single dude uh got a roommate pretty cheap rent uh so i don't have a lot to cover so i was like if i'm gonna do this like now's the time so um so i kind of just went for it in a way um I've been, so like in 2020, I had just signed up for welding school. So I went to college originally, art degree, of course. So I didn't necessarily, I I did not have a job in art in any way. You know, I was not making money through art. I was still working as a bike mechanic um, for a few years after college. I was like, man, bike mechanic's super fun, but like, you're never going to make that much money, you know, Um, unless you're like in a really specific position you know or something and so i was like man what can i do that like i will enjoy that is lucrative basically and welding was kind of like i was like i've always been interested in welding like art school i welded a little and so i was just like kind of doing research and i realized that the tech school was like actually super affordable and it was like a nine-month program and so like i think it may have been like during my high country ride uh, the second time with Andrew where I was like, especially after I pulled out. So we, I rode like the first 600 miles with him and like dropped out and he, he ended up finishing it. But, um, after that first like 600 miles, I was like, well, this is all my life. Like, this is what I've been thinking about the last like 12 months of my life, you know? And that's kind of like that chapter's closed. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to welding school, like just apply. Like I knew it was like, I could afford it kind of thing. And so went to welding school and then quickly realized i was like okay i can probably make a bike now that i know how to weld and so um it all kind of fell into place that's interesting so like building a bike wasn't even on your radar when you got into welding school i mean selfishly i wanted to but i didn't know how like possible it would be like there's so many tools involved and like just different i mean the knowledge like even being in bikes for a long time gave me like a leg up but like there's so much like we don't think about a lot of times that like you just have to start thinking about like Mm. it's like andrew's mountain bike it was like the first time i'd built like a mountain bike with a suspension fork and all of a sudden i'm like wait i gotta make sure there's like clearance for the fork crown so it doesn't like 
hit your down tube when you turn it all the oh, way, like yeah. turn it fully 90. I was like, oh man, that's like something I've never thought of before, yeah, you know? Me neither. <laughs> and so yeah, it's just like, it's so. It's, I buy them and they just work. <laughs> exactly. I'm, that's what you want, right? Yeah. So I'm used to I that. I want to pay but, you so I don't have to worry about that, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I love being a nerd about bikes. So um, it's awesome. It's been awesome. Like I've been super happy the last couple of years. Uh, learning to like weld make frames and uh also it's super exciting to like see people go accomplish things on bikes you've made like oh, yeah. i mean we're kind of in the beginning stages but i'm getting enough people on them finally that i'm like seeing them pop up like andrew uh he just yeah, won yeah. rule of three rule of three on it and it was like we finished that frame like wednesday I know. and he erased it that weekend <laughs> and i was like that's an awesome feeling i was like because the whole time i'm like Please, like I'm like waiting for Andrew at the finish line. I was like, please, nothing, please, nothing break, nothing yeah. break. I'm like, make it to the finish line, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm thinking from your, like, you don't care if he wins. You just really don't want your bike to fuck oh, up. Oh, yeah, right? especially now. I'm like, everyone's watching Andrew, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that'd be rough. And like, oh, I mean, yeah. he didn't even get to like, you know, he finished it Wednesday and like days later he's racing. So he didn't totally. even get to like stress test it or Not anything. Like, it's just, all right, here we go. Yeah. He's got <laughs> Were you stressed? Or is he I like was most stressed about the single speed aspect because uh, I don't know if you've ran single speed, but uh-huh. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, and I have too. And but like my only issue I've ever had is like if you don't like dial in chain line and like granted most of the time we're trying to like piece it together with like I've got a used chain and like this worn out cog, you know. Um, sometimes it's hard to keep the chain on on single speeds, especially like mountain bikes. I feel like they're just flexing a ton, mm-hmm. and so. And that's obviously me riding like, like Surleys and stuff like that. I'm, you know, in the past I've had that experience. So I was really nervous about the single speed, like being perfectly dialed. And we're kind of using like a, like a setup that goes on your XD driver. Uh, that'll like turn it into a single speed. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like some parts I hadn't used and I was like, wouldn't normally be nervous but i was like yeah he's about to race this so i'm like we gotta i really hope it stays on <laughs> so was andrew but, nervous do you know i don't think he was that nervous no. like he seemed pretty confident yeah. he had ridden it like he the yeah. day a few days before and he was like feels awesome so <laughs> this is great so, yeah so what are some mm. of the things that you didn't ever like you were talking about like there's so much stuff i even never like thought of before like starting mm-hmm to build bikes like what are some of the things that surprised you along the way or i think almost everyone would say this who like chases a passion or whatever but it's like the business side obviously is where it's way more work than you expect you're like okay i mastered building a frame finally like fabrication but now it's like how do i efficiently do this with a design and you know the fabrication you got to get it painted and you got to get parts and you know make sure everything fits all this like how do i make that more efficient and like so i can make money on it right and so um that's probably been the biggest surprise it's not even a surprise i knew it was going to happen but i don't think i was i underestimated a little bit like i'm much busier than i expected to be (laughs) which is awesome right it's good to be busy but uh 
but yeah, I was like, man, I'm just going to be building bikes, hanging out in the shop every day, like rolling in at 10 a.m., yeah. like doing my thing. And uh, it's not been like that at all. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's a great um, answer. I, uh, I'm going to echo the same thing with a podcast. Just any business, you know, you never realize how hard something is from the outside. Oh, never. Like, I, there's no way I could explain to people. And I'm not trying to, like, complain. I love what I oh. do. But there is so much work that you're doing in the background that no one will ever see or know about. And it's just like, it's a lot, man. Oh. Running a business well, well you know, it, yeah. it takes it takes a lot of work, you know? And like accounting, like that's like the crazy part. I'm like, I got to keep books now. Yeah. And it's like, it's pretty important because, you know. It's you like, got to know what your cost of goods is totally. so you know what your profit margin is so you can make this sustainable, yeah. you know. Like, how much do I have to pay myself? How You know, like. Oh, totally. It is huge learning curve. Yeah. And uh, actually, so I'm not fully building bikes, but I am fully self-employed at this point. So uh, I still do some, like, other welding jobs and stuff here and there oh, to, like, cool. supplement. Um, boring stuff like you know handrails gates whatever yeah. whatever people need but uh it is quickly turning into only bikes though i'm getting a little wait list going so that's wow. been awesome so a well, little one so <laughs> <laughs> dude that that is awesome i mean you've only been doing it for less than a year i was curious um, like yeah. how many bikes have you completed for uh customers at this point seven for customers yeah so i'm pretty a lot of builders would be like oh you need like you need a minimum 20 frames to sell them or whatever. Um, I've heard that there's a, there's like a big podcast out there that's just for bike builders. I don't know if you've ever heard I've of it. I've heard of it. I've never listened yeah, to it. It's, it's really good podcasts and most of it are pretty, you know, experienced builders, but that's like what they all say. And I'm like, how do you afford to build that many bikes for free before you sell them? I'm like, that's insane. Like, so they're saying build 20 at one time. I mean, I don't know if I've just heard a lot of like people be like, Oh, you need to be this many frames in before you ever think about selling. And I'm kind of like, I get the idea behind it, but like, I, you know, I have like, I went to welding school. I'm like, I'm pretty confident in my skill set. So I'm like, and you know, everyone in the beginning, you know, there was like a, an asterisk. I was like, Hey, I think this is dialed, but like, if something goes wrong, like, let me fix it. Don't like, don't just like write me off, please. Like, let me try to fix it for you, you know? Yeah. Um, but luckily nothing has gone wrong. So, um, it's, everything's been solid so far and I don't really, I'm not taking any like crazy risks necessarily with like the fabrication I do. Um, so kind of expect it other people are like yeah of course nothing went wrong i'm like i know but in my head i'm like something <laughs> anything could go wrong right so um so how do you learn how to i mean so you went to welding school to get you know which just kind of coalesced into giving you the opportunity to actually build bikes but mm -hmm. like where did you learn the the techniques and the the tools that you need and the geometries yeah. and like where how did you learn and acquire all that knowledge i want to say self-taught that's not really true because that really means it was all internet resources essentially wow. and not all um i talked like we have a few builders around um so like i definitely talked to a few guys before anytime i had like a specific question and like honestly like the whole frame building community on like instagram is super helpful so like i've messaged tons of other builders you know when i've had questions and that was kind of before it was a business yet it was mm -hmm. just me building my own bike yeah figuring it out um 
But really, yeah, there's a lot on the internet, surprisingly. Um, but there's just a million different ways to build a bike. And so kind of finding the right answers is hard sometimes, mm. like for specific things. Um, but yeah, self-taught, um, there's a ton of, there's like this old frame building book I had. Um, it's like teaches you how to build like lugged frames and stuff, which I don't do any lugs. I do all like TIG welded. Um, so no brazing or anything, but, um, let's break that down for people. Yeah, yeah. Like what is lug welding? What is brazing? Uh, yeah. yeah so, we're gonna, let's get a little nerdy. You don't have to get all the yeah. way, but a little heck nerdy. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, well, like, so brazing would be like, essentially it's like the idea, like soldering where you're melting your, you have steel tubes and you're melting like bronze into like basically to glue them together essentially. Yeah. And so like lugs are basically pipe fittings and you'll like sweat, uh, you know, a filler rod or a filler metal, like melt it and basically sweat it through, it's like called capillary action. And basically it'll like suck that molten metal in between the tube and the lug. And so that's what like holds it tight there. Where TIG welding, the difference is like, you're actually melting the tube pieces together yeah. so the steel is like becoming i don't know if that makes sense fully but the steel is melting and like mixing and becoming one basically yeah. you so, glue it together you glue it together yeah <laughs> um, a really but, yeah. strong glue yeah yeah metal glue and something. like lugs that's what you'll see on traditional bikes and they're really cool they look sweet i've never built anything with lugs yet but lugs seem to limit you a lot on like modern designs like you're not gonna oh. be able to like necessarily get the angles you want out of everything unless you make them yourself which is just right so work. there's like so. standard lugs that like there's all kinds of lugs that you can just buy exactly right yeah and so but if you're tig welding is that right yeah, uh, tig, tig welding, welding. Mm -hmm. you've got your obviously you've got your uh frame stand what do you call the thing that you put it in the jig the jig see, yeah yep. you got your jig see yep. i know i know jig. what i'm talking yeah, about jig. you gotta get jiggy <laughs> with it but then you can yeah so that gives you the freedom and the flexibility to have any angle that exactly. you want yeah you just it's like it's like a ball of clay like you can just turn it into whatever you want at that yeah. point where you're not limited so so like you know Outside of, hey, I want to, you know, I want to build a bike company. I want to build bikes, man. Right. That would be cool. That'd be cool. But, like, what what do you think uh, that you want to do with slow southern steel that is missing in the market? Or, or do you have your own, like, unique spin on it? Totally. I, I don't know. I think there's probably more people, multiple people trying to do what I'm doing in a sense. But um, really, for me, I want to offer and this is kind of all steel bikes i feel like like you you want to you're for someone who needs something very specific which like obviously brands catch up on that pretty quick like big brands and will start making what people want you know like mm -hmm. extra tire clearance you know specific amounts all that and so i'd say right now i'm i really am trying to cater to kind of the bike packing crowd and that's probably what i know the most about and so it's hard to say because it's like none of it's really that necessary when it comes down to it but like um i think i'm trying to make bikes that will not compromise like uh a great ride just to carry a bunch of weight you know so that's kind of been my goal so far is like how do i like make a bike for bike packing that handles like a sports car still like that's that's my theory behind yeah. a lot of this right now um and only Which, steel. 
right now i i would love to like do some thai stuff at okay. some point um because why not and will you change your name slow southern I, thai i thought about that i kind of boxed myself <laughs> in dude so. i did with bikes for death too it's like <laughs> yeah. i can't talk about anything else exactly. not that i really want to but it's like you're here so <laughs> i think you i think you yeah. can you can do whatever you want uh, to totally yeah honest. i mean because the the roots are still slow, slow southern yeah, steel you exactly. know it's like that's still your root you know so uh I, this might be interesting to talk about the name slow southern steel sure let's hear it um so originally so this is like i bet this is like 2014 2015 i was like i only rode steel bikes at the time because it was just like hipster kid you know it's like i only ride steel and uh and so there's this and i i listened to like a lot of metal like heavy metal stuff and uh there is a documentary uh that's actually it's the producers are like based in arkansas and it's kind of underground documentary and it's called slow southern steel uh. it's basically about like basically like metal bands from the south you know like yeah. it's very underground but i like heard that name and i was like slow southern steel i was like okay that's that's my instagram name now <laughs> so i changed my instagram name to that back in 2014 yeah oh, and then wow. not intention to obviously right. make a company out of it but uh so i just was like everyone knew me I was like slow southern steel and so it's just funny because i'm like I, I don't feel like i fit that image when people see me necessarily but um and maybe i do but uh i don't know i think you but, pull it off just yeah, fine yeah. okay heck yeah long hair no <laughs> but uh then uh so i was like you know just when i start talking about it like all my buddies are like oh you have to call it slow southern steel man and so that's kind of where it came from and yeah i love it no letters yet asking me to change the name so, <laughs> so i think they dig it honestly so um yeah your branding is yeah. great the triple s uh, yeah and uh, i kind of like i love that like you know like sabbath vibe like black oh, like that era yeah. essentially yeah. like a little more 70s like classic this the gravel bike it's a little unofficial but like right now i've been calling they're all different they're custom but like any gravel bike i've been calling it the sweet leaf which is a black sabbath song okay. and so um trying to stick along those themes oh. like with all my names and stuff yeah, but cool. i don't really have any other models yet I, I, so. I know andrew digs that because he's into the same kind he of music it, yeah so yeah he, that's right in his that's, jam we that's how we bonded yeah. a ton so i don't know which is funny because it's like oh that's cool like for certain people they get it they're like oh that's sweet but like i'm like, most people buying bikes are not they don't get the reference at i didn't all, get which it at all fine. yeah <laughs> i just thought i was like cool name cool good name. branding cool bikes yeah. uh <laughs> I, but it's cool to find out that there's like layers to it for so sure. you touched on this and it was yeah. a question i was going to ask you mm -hmm. uh so all custom bikes no no hey we have this gravel bike and mm -hmm. i'll just build you one like what is your thought with will you always be custom will you want to do you it's, know production bikes so to speak or what are you thinking i think i so right now i am like all custom i think uh production would be cool at some point um and really just to off i don't think i'd get rid of custom necessarily but um like if, if you have a few standardized models you could probably get the price down a little bit right. which would be awesome and there's a lot of companies kind of doing that already mm -hmm. um and it simplifies some like especially if you're going to build multiples of something that makes it much quicker you know you set your jig up once you're like okay yeah. i'm going to make three mediums i'm going to make you know three smalls going to make three larges you know whatever and and that would be sweet, but it's like, I don't want to like 
jump in, invest a bunch of materials, make a bunch of bikes until I'm like confident they're right. selling, right? And so, but custom and all has been really fun because I did kind of have a few models that I was trying to sell, but like every single time like I start talking to someone, they're like, I like it, but can we change this one thing? And I'm like, and I'm like, sure, of course. Um, but there's certain certain customers that are awesome. So uh, they just like know what they want. And so it makes it easy for me. Um, like actually, uh, you know, Joe Fox, who um, he just he did Doom this year and he just did it like a few weeks ago um, again. And he owns, oh man, I'm going to be in trouble. I don't remember his bike shop's name. Cycle City, I you think. Google it. <laughs> he owns a bike shop. I can. And, uh, but he, um, anyways, I'm, I'm going to be building him a frame here shortly. And he sent me like the best email ever. And it was just like every spec you could ever want. Like he had thought about it already. And oh, I'm just wow. like, oh, this makes my job so easy. Like I'm, I'm going to make what you want now. Like, like I don't have to design it and like explain to people the whole process. Cause most people aren't, um, not most people, but a lot of people like they're familiar with like head tube angle and stuff. But like beyond that, they're like, oh, geometry, you know, it's like, whatever, oh, you know, yeah. you tell me. And so, uh, Chain stay length, I don't know. It's scary because I'm like, I don't know what you're going to like. But I was like, this is what I like, but you know, um, what, what is that like? I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious about that. So, I mean, and I think just for the listening audience, I mean, mm-hmm. I call you up on the phone and I, I'm one, I'm in yeah. that crowd. I don't, I know a little bit about geometry, you know, I mean, I have a general idea, but I mean, what is the process of, Hey, build me a bike. Yeah. So I'm still kind of ironing it out like fully, but so far it's kind of been like, you know, there's this initial discussion about like, what do you like, what type of bike are you after? Like, what are your, what are you going to do with it? You know, what are your intentions? Uh, are you going to try to carry certain things with it all that? And then from there, it really is pulling from like just my experience and history and bikes. And so like, like Andrew, for instance, like he kind of described, he's like, man, I want like, he didn't, he never called it a hardtail, but like, I knew that's what he wanted. Like when he (laughs) started talking, he's like, I want a bike packing specific bike that's flat bar. And, you know, he's like, I want ability to run single speed and fit this size tire. Like, after all said and done, it's like, okay, so you really just want a hardtail. You probably don't understand. You probably don't realize that, but you really just want a hardtail. But specific for what you're wanting to do, Uh you know. And so um, his, like, his bike ended up really similar to, like, honestly, just, like, a lot of XC bikes out there um, as far as geometry goes. But, like obviously it's steel it's got all the sliding dropouts it's got mounts for everything um and then obviously it's custom fit to them so that's the other thing um but yeah process wise it's i'm kind of figuring that out but really it starts like all right what do you yeah explain to me what you want to do with this bike and from there i'll basically just start like a bike cad drawing of like ideas and like um I, and I don't think I'd ever make anything that would be like super, nothing's like risky, you know, it's like, I, the only thing with like Andrew is like, how slack do I make it? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, if I make it too slack, he's not going to enjoy it as much on gravel, but I'm like, but I think slacker's better. So it's like, you want to go as slack as you can, you know? And so, um, yeah, so it's kind of a back and forth process a little bit, but it's really customer to customer. It's different. Cause like Andrew pretty much like I 
you know, he told me all that. I made like a drawing and sent, like showed him it. And he instantly was like, let's do it. Yeah. It was like no back and forth after that, um, which is awesome. So, so what will you build for like, if some, yeah. will you build anything? Somebody comes to you and like, Hey, build me a yeah. road bike. I used to be like, man, I'm not going to build any recumbents. I'm not going to build any fat bikes. Um, I'll build anything else. But honestly, the more I'm into it, I'm like, ah, oh, sounds like a challenge. That sounds cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's do it. Um, and it's just, it really is exciting to be like that one person where someone's like, I need this custom and no one else will do it for me. And I would be like, I'll do it for yeah. you. <laughs> like that would be sweet uh, yeah. to kind of, which that hasn't quite happened yet, but like, uh, but just the idea that you're open to that. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally. mean, cause I think the appeal of custom is that it's somebody who wants to go through that process. Like they want a custom bike, totally. um, yeah. for whatever reason that might be, they might want extra mounts. They might want the drop out the right way. Like whatever it is, it's like, you just, you want that bike built for you the way that you want it. And that's the appeal and having somebody you can go to that'll like listen to you and walk you through that process and be like, this is what you asked for. Here you go. Yeah. So what is it? Tell me like, this is your first bike right here. We're looking at this is the first one you've ever built. It's a gravel bike with what? 2.2 Mezcals. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, by the way, I just rode this bike right when he got here and it, I mean, it is a beautiful feeling. Like, it just feels so good. I just want to ride that bike all day long. Apparently, Jesse and I are, like, the exact same height, or at least our inseam, because, I mean, I got on and it fit me perfectly. I'm like, okay, this is mine now. No, I I sat it up for you, actually. Uh, Appreciate that. I'll take that home, yeah. (laughs) Cha-ching. You just made a sale. Uh, But what's it like to, like... I mean, I can't even imagine all the time, the money you invested, all the research you've done, and you buy all the materials, and how long did it take you to build that bike? This first one took, like, it's hard to say. The bike itself took me, like, a month, but, like, I built a jig, too. And so, like, the jig took me, like, three months. And what's funny is I built, like, my first three frames on it and was like, this isn't going to work anymore, and, like, bought one. So, okay. Uh, That's cool, so, though. Yeah. I still have it. It's, like, in the corner of my shop. Oh, dude, like, you can't get rid like, of that. I was like, I started with that one. Like, yeah. That's, like, your first in. dollar bill, man. Oh, you gotta, totally. That, or, boy, that's way better than your first dollar bill. <laughs> but uh, So, yeah. What was it like to ride it for the first time? Like, were you nervous? Were you excited? It was, I was really nervous. The It was mostly like in my head I had built up like, oh, if you don't like, if you put this head tube angle with this rake or something with the fork, you know, this fork, it's going to instantly feel terrible, you know? And like, I literally got on it and the and I say this every time I've like ride a bike I just finished building because um, it's really nerve wracking until you get parts on it. And you're like, everything fits. It rolls straight, you know? Um, but every time I'm like, uh, it feels like a bike. Like that's the first thing I think of. I was like, and that's good to me. I'm like, hey, it feels like a bike. That's right. what I want. <laughs> so you don't uh, want it to feel weird, exactly. <laughs> and uh, but I remember, yeah, I, like at the time I was, you, I built it in my dad's. Like he's got like a, it's a shop, but it's kind of a shed. It's a shed shop. It's it's. Uh, it's all a picture on Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. the, the farm shop. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, so I like the first thing I did was they have a sweet gnarly gravel driveway, like rode straight down that. That was the first thing I went down and I was like, it worked. <laughs> I was like, this is great. Um, but it is a weird feeling. Like it, it still hasn't quite hit me. I've been riding it a year. Like I'll think about it. Like sometimes I'm like, 
I built this. Like I'm riding a bike I built. Yeah, you kind of forget, and then you remember again. I was like, man, it feels like. I was like, it feels feels great. I was like, it feels like it's bought in the store. I was like, and then you build your ego up a little bit when you're out there. But uh, um, have you built yourself any other bikes, or have you just been like you built this uh, one, and then it's just been like customer bikes? Unfortunately, no. I'm I'm. I just ordered tubing for my next bike. Okay. So I'm what's it going to be? That. It's going to be basically a copy of Andrew's bike, but my size. And that is purely because this is like the, f- he's the first person I've built a bike for that I haven't, because every other frame has been pretty much been this or okay. variation of this. Um, and so that was like the first one where I'm like, this is pretty unknown. Like, I don't know what he's experiencing out there at all. So right. I'm like, and like, obviously I rode it around, but it's, it's just a little small for me. So I didn't have the, a full experience on it, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to build myself like a hardtail and I'm probably going to set it up a little different than his. Um, I'll have gears on it. Like I'm not a, not a single speeder and then I'll, uh, I'll probably have mine a little more cross country oriented and mm-hmm. for mountain biking. So yeah so can you give me an idea like like let's say i wanted to buy that bike right there from you how much would that cost with parts and everything yeah um sure i bet you're probably looking like in the five six thousand dollar range fully so pretty reasonable for you're you're in line with what you would expect to spend on it yeah yeah so you've been able to keep your costs down yeah i mean it's it's been you you learn really quick you're like okay i'm not ordering stuff from this place anymore you know whatever um but i have yeah i've been able to you know within reason i can make money on it so um it's working out like the frame itself i'm charging 22 for that one and that does include like paint normally but, uh, <laughs> but uh, this one does not have paint but uh yeah i like i got i love the patina on it uh, i do too i think it's so it's, yeah it's pretty metal i'm like i love it so. yeah speaking of metal like <laughs> this is another question i wanted to ask you is like how your art influences your design the yeah. one thing that really stands out to me is um on your chain stay right where your yeah. chain ring is it seems like that's on all your bikes it looks like yeah Tried how would you to. describe that well it's so it's like a chain stay yoke and uh, which is just the only purpose of that really is to get enough clearance with road cranks and big tires you okay. know um and there's kind of that pitch point with the chain ring and the tire there but the like whole drillium thing mm-hmm. which is what they they classically call that where they just you know back in the day they just drill holes and everything to make it lighter um and then like i think even like in some car culture and like drag racing they call them like speed holes and uh (laughs) so uh really that was just something i thought looked cool and i was just like when i built this one i was like staring at this like giant chunk of flat metal i was like man it looks really boring like we gotta do something here and so i was like bouncing around like do i like put my logo on there or something and it ended up just like drilled a bunch of holes and i was like man it's like kind of classy like reminds me of like an old road bike um and then and really it was just for me i didn't know if anyone else would be stoked on it and mm-hmm. instantly everyone's like i want that and i was yeah. like heck yeah I yeah like, i love sweet. it i i want a bike uh, just one of your bikes just so i can have the holes oh heck yeah dude they're <laughs> sweet that's i mean yeah you can 
No, you. I mean, you make a good-looking bike <laughs> uh, that that rides well. I would. I. I I'm interested. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I want to take that Let's one. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. And demo it for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm interested for sure. Are you gonna paint this one? Or are you gonna leave it patinaed? <sighs> it's so hard to decide. Like I, I've come up with some really cool paint jobs in my head for it. Uh, like all Harley based, you know, something I'm like, man, I want, I want some flames on there or something cool. Oh, you know? right. Old but, hot rod uh, style. But I just like, then we'll, I'll walk in the room and be like, man, but the rust is so <laughs> nice. And so, and really it's been rusting a lot slower than I expected. Um, I assumed by now it'd be like super rusty, but I guess like it just, I well, guess, that begs a question, so. and, and this is something, I mean, mm-hmm. but I would assume rust uh, takes away from the metal's integrity to some degree over time. It definitely does. On the outside, you don't have as much to worry about. It's, it's like surface rust. So, like, at some point when it kind of gets fully rusted, I'll probably try to, like, contain it somehow, you know, like put a clear coat over it or something. Right, right. Um, but I think the rust that really causes issues is when you get it on the inside of tubes okay. and it sits there for a while. And Arkansas, it's like, it's really humid here, but it gets hot enough that like, I don't think, like things obviously condense and like, like will you'll get water in your tubes, you know, but mm-hmm. nothing like somewhere up north where it's just wet all the time, you know, at least it does dry out here at least, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't know, I, I've drilled drain holes and everything, so. <sighs> Hopefully, <laughs> we're draining all that water out. <laughs> so we're learning as we go. Yeah. Tell me about this one that you just. It seems like you just finished a bike that. Whenever you mentioned the Harley paint job, it yep. has a really dope paint job on. Yeah. On, and was that like a, a fat tire road bike? What? Yeah. So is there, that was. I guess that was another bike that wasn't the gravel bike, but I built that for my buddy Jeremiah, and it's actually my rent. So I rent shop space from him oh. and we basically worked it out where he, he has a carpentry business. So he already has like a giant warehouse essentially. And he's kind of just using the back for storage. And so, and he, he's an awesome friend, super supportive of this whole endeavor. So he's like, Hey man, like you build me a frame. Uh, like years rent right right there so oh awesome deal for done me. <laughs> and so we built it and uh he had some great ideas on paint he's a big harley guy so um he that was all his idea but i mean it's awesome i love it i was like i would totally rock that bike well so. that's another great reason to get custom right oh, i mean totally. paint i mean paint or the aesthetic whether you paint it or don't paint it right. is a big part of the aesthetic of a bike and totally. you know i think we all are a little bit uh particular about the way we want our bike i mean a lot of us like not to say our identity is totally wrapped in it but you want it to be a reflection of kind of totally. you and you want to look at it and be like yeah, I want to ride that bike. Oh, and the wrong color on a bike can totally fuck it up. Uh, you know? <laughs> I've sold bikes for that very reason, you know? So, uh, yeah, you got to have, you got to, I mean, yeah, I am the type that's like, if your bike looks good and like, just like you walk out of, you know, it's in your bedroom or whatever and you walk in and you like see it and you're like, I got to ride, I got to ride, yeah. you know, you just get so stoked looking at it. I was like, that's that's yeah. the type of bike I keep around. At yeah, least. I'm about to turn this mic off and go ride your bike some more. That's what. That's where I'm at. Let's I'm ready to go ride. Screw, <laughs> screw talk. No, yeah, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> so, who's doing your painting? Are you painting, or did um, you you hiring that out? Painted some, and they aren't the best. But uh, <laughs> I'm not a painter. I could probably learn it, but I've, what I learned about paint is it's a lot 
of work and you should leave it to professionals. And so um, we actually, we we have a buddy who he paints like Harleys and hot rods and stuff. And so we were like, you want to paint a bike? And he was, I think he was like, sure, bike, that's easy. And then it, like after he painted, he's like, man, bikes are pretty hard actually. Like they're skinny tubes. It's like, you're trying not to have any paint runs anywhere. Um, and there's a lot of, it's constantly curving. So there's no flat spot. Yeah. And uh, a lot but, more angles like in a car it's, yeah. yeah pretty flat i mean you know compared to a bike it's a lot flatter of uh, a surface yeah smoother not as many angles but yeah and there's so many little nooks on a bike like you know inside angles and yeah. stuff that are hard to reach and so but he did a great job with it um really he he honestly hooked it up a little bit um so hopefully uh, the plan is to keep using him he's a buddy he's right down the road from the shop so that makes it easy and it's kind of cool to keep it local uh, one other kind of cool thing about that bike that road bike is it uses uh, an allied echo fork so like the carbon fork which is allied's like road bike essentially mm-hmm. um which is kind of cool because it's like I, as far as i know it's the only carbon fork made in america and oh. it's also made in Denville. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's 100% this, Arkansas. This whole bike, yeah. And so I was really stoked about that. So built, yeah, you built the frame in Arkansas. They manufactured the fork in Arkansas and then it was painted in Arkansas. Painted in Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Arkansas is fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's a, it's it definitely is. That's awesome. And uh and like I I do like that uh it, and not in so much I'm like, "Oh, Arkansas." It's just like it's cool to keep it local. I think. I mean, it's super convenient for me. You know, I'm like, yeah. I don't have to ship this anywhere. It's like, this is awesome. So, that's a, I, I think that's something as consumers that we're very interested in is you know supporting uh, local people and like you know for me talking to you, I would rather like sure salsa is great and surly is great, but I'm yeah. more interested in like talking to the guy that just started a bike company. Heck yeah. You know, I'm I'm I I consider myself small potatoes and I want. I've always liked, I mean, my first episode ever was with rock guys, you know, and you know, they're smaller. They, I mean, I think they're just growing and growing and growing, but like. You sold a bag because of that to me, actually. Oh, it did? Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, I bought one. So, yeah. But that's what I like, right? Is like, we, we like, you know, we like to help people that are doing cool things. You're like, yeah, I want my money to go to that guy. Like Jesse gets my money, you know, not some big CEO or something, you know. That's exactly, uh. So, I actually, you probably know this, I listened to your podcast, like, first five episodes, I found your podcast, so oh, I've wow. listened to it for a while, usually when I'm, like, fabricating and stuff, but, um, where is it going with that? Uh, supporting the little guy, rock guys. Yeah, so rock guy, Greg, right? Is Greg. Okay, so I listened to that, and it was, like, perfect timing where I needed a frame bag, like, when I had a specialized sequoia at the time so i was like a little i wanted to fill the full triangle and right after that episode i was instantly i was like oh that's where i'm getting the bag now (laughs) like that makes total sense and it was cool to be like i I mean i know the owner doesn't know who i am but i kind of feel like i know him a little bit because i listened to him for an hour you know on this podcast so that's what i yeah i love that man and like greg's another guy who's trying to run a company and a like a really sustainable way like using local manufacturing and like i know he's he's intentionally brought and it's taken a lot of time and money but bringing his own manufacturing to america and producing his own stuff and it's 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 hard to do and uh and the people that do it we should support them totally that's that's one thing i've realized is manufacturing in america how difficult 
that is and how e- maybe not easy but like how obvious the option is to like send it off you know for someone else overseas to make it i'm like if you want to make money that's the way to do it obviously but um but that's really i've been like wow okay that's why nothing's made in america it's like <laughs> okay this makes sense it's expensive <laughs> but so you had uh two bikes on the gravel doom this year yeah yep were they the gr- the gravel yep i guess they had to be because andrews was the first yeah, hardtail they were and I actually think that hardtail would be a much better option. Yeah. <laughs> for... Was yours one of the ones? Yeah. Okay. So I did start it. I was a little unprepared for a race like that. I think a lot of people were probably. Um, but uh... <laughs> More people don't finish than do finish, <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I actually, so I, I would have loved to be in shape and done it, but I did kind of like uh, sign up last second. It was like, I live with Andrew and I remember him being like, oh dude it's like there's one spot left like super stoked like and it would have been like the day after he posted or something like really quick and i was like over here on the couch i'm like shit 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 I'm like i gotta sign up now so like i i got the last spot and like andrew looks up like at me he's like oh. he's like you bought it like, yeah <laughs> so uh but so i was like in the whole thing i was like man i got like laura who i built the other one for that raced uh I knew she was doing it, so I was like, all right, I got to do it too, get get my bikes out there, get them in the race. Um, and that is the kind of, like, event, you know, I'd want, or, you know, style riding I want to cater to, you know. Um, but, yeah, two bikes in Doom. Um, so what you, happened to you? Yeah. You tapped out on day one. Day one, I I wish I could blame. With no my, shame. My, don't, no shame. My, my, I think the tone of my voice was wrong when I said that. <laughs> I don't. No shame at all. But yeah, what what oh, happened? Yeah. No shame to me. No. <laughs> uh, so I rode. I made it to Jasper, which would be like mile. I think it was ninety. Um, which oh man, it was basically just like I get out there and I'm like, whoa, I'm not ready for this, you know. Uh, the climbs are harder than you expect and it's just uh super rough everywhere and i've i've definitely ridden some of those roads you know but it's like you put it all together at once like that and you're like man this is this is gonna be a rough one so it's like it's not a question like i could have finished but it was like i uh decided that i was ready to pull out but what really decided that was when we got to jasper i like looked down at my seat post and i'm like i had noticed all day like part of my like the right side of my ass was hurting and I was like that's kind of new like I'm not used to that and uh and like multiple times I looked down and my post kept going sideways like pointing to one like a different direction it was like staying the right height but it wasn't staying straight okay and I realized uh once I got to Jasper it actually cracked my clamp right there and so I still I probably could have still rode on it but that was like once I saw that, I was like, oh, "Sorry, guys, <laughs> I can't, I can't finish." So, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it did suck because I was like, "Man, that's the first thing that's broken on any bike, and it's mine." But luckily, I knew why it broke, and it was kind of like I did use basically the wrong tube right there when I built that bike. Um, mm. But it was my personal bike, and so I kind of when I realized it was wrong, I was like, "You know, what, screw it. I'm already here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. See how long it lasts." And it lasted a year, so you know, made it a while. So wrong, just it wasn't the right thickness. Yeah, or, it wasn't okay. thick enough. So you yeah. were 
you were maybe trying to make it light. And totally. And I mean, I think I just ordered the wrong tube originally, yeah. and I didn't like. And you know, it's kind of like you're hashing out your plan. So the tube probably would have been fine if I had a like a slip-on seat post clamp. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I welded mine on, it was just a little too thin to weld to. Okay. And so I think I compromised it a little bit. But I was impressed because like the it's it's reamed pretty tight. So like the post like uh didn't slide at all i was impressed uh, like up and down at least right you know, right spun sideways but i was like <laughs> i was like i'm actually kind of glad i noticed that because i would have really sucked to be out in the middle of nowhere actually and that happened you know so so how did laura do on the doom on your other gravel bike so i think jasper is where she stopped as well and i think similar circumstances just like holy shit this is crazy you know uh, like uh and there was like I don't know, 20 people that pulled out there. So like, <laughs> it wasn't just us, but, uh, but her bike, company. her bike held up though. Yeah. <laughs> so I was stoked about that. She did take a tumble, I think. And, uh, like bent her hanger, but well, yeah, hanger's easily been. fixable. Yeah. yeah, hanger's so, been. yeah. That's, that's fine. And hers is the same as this, except hers does have sliding dropouts, which is cool so. why didn't you do sliding just because you're you're never going to run single speed on it so uh, i in my head i am like man i want to make it like purpose built for like this specifically i don't want anything extra on there and like the sliding mechanism adds a little bit mm-hmm. and then there's also slightly more maintenance to it you just you know you get grit in there it starts creaking and all that um but really i just know myself and i don't ride single speed on anything gnarly and i was like i'm not gonna do it so yeah. uh and i was like if i ever decided to i'd probably just run one of those ugly tensioners you know and okay so um but like also um with the sliding dropouts doesn't that also give you some you know like lengthen your chain stay and shorten it totally. so you have a little bit of a different handling and feel yeah. so totally and that's that's why you can see like my tire is basically rubbing that c2 <laughs> and i probably i wouldn't do that on a customer's bike but for mine i was like let's just see how close we can get it. so <laughs> that's tough yeah so i was like what's the shortest chain stay i can use without a ridiculous seat tube angle and not rub the tire basically that was that was my goal um so like her sliders so you you built this bike with this tire in mind totally. and everything like you built and it around this tire essentially yeah and there are there are definitely bikes out there that'll fit this now but there aren't a whole lot that are like still what i would call a gravel bike um like meaning like they're still like feel like a kind of like race car like they corner well you know like a road bike versus like it's like like a cutthroat sweet bike fits huge tires but when i'm on a cutthroat i feel like i'm like 10 feet in the air like super tall Mm. and so when i designed this my whole goal was like i want it to ride like a normal like a i don't know if gravel bike's the right word but like a road bike as close as i can get to that like i want to like be low to the ground like stick to the corners but you kind of have to find the in-between point though because you go too low and you you kind of like compromise like your uh your ground clearance and stuff which out here is actually a concern because there's a lot of rocks and stuff and so you'll be clipping clipping rocks constantly if you drop it too much and then you kind of have to balance it because a lot of bikes are designed to fit like a huge range of tires so like mm-hmm. they'll be like right 40 you know 38 to 47 or something but like the bike ride's completely different on with those tires you know so i'm trying to, i did cater it more towards the bigger bigger tire though so yeah i love that is that how most people are running your gravel bike is with the fat tires yeah, on it yeah. everyone's like what's the fattest i can <laughs> and i'm like 
originally everyone's like trying to fit 50s and now they're all trying to fit 55s and uh, now i'm like well, what's next i'm like we literally <laughs> will have to ride mountain bikes like to make it bigger so uh just mountain bikes with drops i guess yeah but it's super fun to try to like it's a puzzle you're like how do i fit this massive chain ring with this massive tire but the shortest chain stays you know it's yeah. like it's a challenge but well the neat fun. thing is is like you're really you're building a bike that is purpose built for riding in arkansas not to say it Definitely. couldn't do well in other areas but i mean the reason why you're running a 2.2 is because arkansas is rocky and gnarly totally. and rooty and it just makes more sense yeah i mean because like you see gravel bikes nowadays with like a suspension fork on the front and mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know whatever do whatever you want to do <laughs> yeah, right. but i'd rather do what you did you know keep a carbon fork on the front and give yourself some more squish in the tire and get your suspension that way totally i think i think that's the move i and obviously i ride almost exclusively in arkansas so that definitely was like all my r d has been here you know for sure and so yeah descending gnarly descents that was what i had in mind when i was building it i was like i I love descending, and so who doesn't? Right? But, uh, <laughs> but in Arkansas, it gets really sketchy. So, oh, yeah. uh, so I was like, that's what I was like. I want a bike that is for sure going to handle that, and also not be that bad when you have to climb. So, since you've been listening to podcasts for a while, you might yeah. remember whenever I came up here and rode part of um, the Arkansas High Country with Brandon Pack. Um, God, back in. 20 the beginning of 2020 it was like yeah. that was the first time i actually heard about the pandemic was like because like, i don't always like pay attention to news just because i'm busy like and so totally. because i don't go into an office and like i can just like sit in my house i take care of my kids i, mm -hmm. I run my business and totally. i i'm just like in that mode and so like i didn't even know that there was like this <laughs> and we weren't that deep into it it was yeah. like like it was just happening but he's like, dude, you haven't heard of the coronavirus yet? I'm like, no, what's going on? Anyway, uh, I, I'll never forget, like, I was going on a descent, and uh, there was a probably about a 45-degree turn to the right. And, you know, you can, you know, it's probably like a 25% grade downhill on loose, rocky, chunky, mm -hmm. and then it turned sharply, and I came in way too hot, had to lock it up, and I, I mean, I was just skidding off the fucking mountain. Wow. I barely, I mean, right at the edge, like just barely hooked it up and kept it on the road. And Brandon was like, well, I almost saw the death of bikes or death. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, but man. It gets gnarly out here. It really does. Uh, we've been talking like, obviously Andrew, the Ozark gravel cyclist, that's, you know, I'm a, we have a board now, so I'm on the board, but, uh, but he's, you know, we're always like scheming like content and stuff. And have you ever watched like the descent disciples mm. on YouTube? I'm forgetting the guy's name, but he's like in California and like basically it's usually on road bikes or gravel bikes, but he just like, they like rip some descents and he like will follow some, like a, one of his buddies or a pro that's like super fast and he'll just like follow him with like a GoPro and like film it. And it's like super high energy like super exciting to do watch. they do road a lot of road i um, think i have seen some yeah. of these on the road where it's like these crazy yeah. it's like the you know tour de france style stuff where they're yeah. doing like 60 miles an hour and just totally. tuck in and it's insane yeah. uh the sofa brian that's his name okay the youtube channel but anyways he uh we've been talking 
uh, recently and Andrew just bought a GoPro. So we want to do some out here, like uh, kind of start a little series of just like, let's just go find all the gnarliest descents and like we'll drive to them and then we'll just rip down them and yeah. film it. And I was like super you know excited. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. I, I, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, I just bought a drone. I bought a drone and then crashed a drone like immediately, immediately. and broke my drone immediately. <laughs> so I have this thousand dollar it's the dji mini pro 3 it's like okay. the new cool one uh it's so fucking badass because you can it there's a there's a tracker on it so like you pull up your screen and all you do is touch like i can touch me in the screen and then say follow me oh. and then it'll just fucking follow you so you could like just set that and yeah. it'll follow you down a fucking mountain oh, you know that's insane it would be cool if mine worked okay if there's yeah, anybody on the dude. podcast that knows how to fix the drones please reach out to me <laughs> yeah be, that sounds awesome yeah i always wonder about drones because I've, I feel like I've seen some drone footage like of mountain bikers and it's always like, you know, an Australs ad or something, but they'll like follow them through trees. And I'm like, how does the drone not hit a tree? I'm yeah, it always, has. So it has sensors that like picks it up. Uh, so it'll, it's not perfect, but it's pretty, like if it's a bunch of trees and you're going too fast, mm-hmm. it can get confused and right. stuff. But I mean, I don't really ride a lot of single track. I'm going to be more on like gravel roads yeah. and, and it's going to be a little bit totally. more open and it, it works really well in that type of environment. But yeah, it's it's cool because it's like, it's keeping on you the whole time, mm-hmm. but you know, it'll like raise up and then there's a tree. So it'll like go down and it might like go to the side a little bit, but it's always kind of just like finding its own path. Yeah. And then it, it just creates this like epic. The video. footage is awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I got a few go, I got three GoPros too, but we were actually talking about, it. I wanted to, I like filming content. Like I like to film actually, you know, you wanted, you were an art. My thing mm-hmm. was like, I wanted to make movies. Like yeah. that was my thing. And I actually, in my early twenties, owned a video production company. I did some like skate videos. I did some BMX videos. I did a flatland that this guy was a, uh, 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 an X Games gold winner champion guy okay. and like this was back in the day where like you had VHS tapes and so like yeah. I I provided all the content for his like demo you know his like the yeah. VHS tape that you buy you know Dude, like um, yeah so I used to do like all that stuff and I love it but video is just so time consuming tons yeah. of time yeah I just don't have the time and it's not it's not what's you know fueling bikes for death essentially like i could do it just to like put some cool content out there just for fun on instagram but it's not really like benefiting my overall objectives you know and so anyway when i have more time i'd like to because i have three gopros i got this drone you know i got my professional Mm -hmm. camera like i've got all the equipment to like really like produce some cool stuff but just a lot of a lot of work oh that seems like an insane amount of work i've I've realized that quickly, especially like even photographing bikes. I'm like, I got to hire someone for this. I'm like, I, this is hard. (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll take some photos of your bike. Heck yeah, dude. Before we go out today, if you want, I love, yeah, I've, I've landed more on photography just because it's, uh, it's it's it is fun to capture something very well like if you can capture a mm-hmm. image like instead of telling a story with a movie like if you can tell a story with a image and not to say i'm perfect at it but i like yeah. the idea and the art of being able to like capture something you know very well in, in a image but yeah i'm with you like like we were talking about at the beginning with like starting a company or anything you just think i guess 
whenever I looked at good photography, I'm like, oh, they were probably just hiking along and saw a cool <laughs> shot and snapped it. Yeah. And I realized like, no, that's not it. They're tra tracking like the moon phase or the sun phase. Oh. And they're like, where is the lighting? And where do I need to be to get this yeah. angle? And the lighting's right. I mean, they're, there's so, so much that goes into it. I was like Panorama, the company that I'm working for now, mm -hmm. uh, I was looking at their product shot photography and you have, you know, one camera guy and you got a light over here and then you have your, a guy that's like hand holding a light to get, you know, the light in the right spot, oh, yeah. you know? And I mean, it's like, it's you're not just going out and snapping a picture. You are creating oh, an image, you completely. know? Completely. Yeah. There's a, and like that stuff, like you were talking about with like creating a company, it's like, you can't just throw a shitty image of your oh. bike on the internet like yeah. you you want to <laughs> showcase it well and to do that you got to get good photography and that's like Take a whole another thing it's like yeah. everything uh takes takes time oh that happens like we'll finish edge right you know last few bikes have been for people in town so they'll be like right there when i'm finishing it and they're like all right you got to post the pictures tonight and i'm like dude like this is a terrible day for pictures i'm sorry like we're not getting pictures of it today i'm like if we're gonna get pictures it's got to be like dialed you know yeah. and so which, don't judge me none of mine are dialed but <laughs> but <laughs> no, i was saying. like but i was like well I you're to... still have like you i mean you do have a good aesthetic but you are like the grunge punk metal totally. like <laughs> underground you know it's just me in my garage doing totally. it so like you don't I think the expectation of you having a perfectly polished, yeah. you know, professional is maybe like, it would probably be like a little off brand, but you do want to, you know, still capture exactly. your bikes well. And we I, I think you've done it. That. Yeah. No, you're doing a good job. I've been, I've been following that. you from the very beginning of what you've been doing. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you've been doing a great job. I love the branding. I think it's super rad that you're building bikes and pursuing your dream. And I, I, I'm in the camp. Like, I think the world would be a better place if everybody was following their passion. You know, if like you just yeah. got to do like, I'm doing what I love, you know, I'm now bikes for death full time. And it's like, I mean, I just, I, mean, I got goosebumps just like, yeah. just saying that, like I pinched me, like, this is what I do, I you know? know. And, but it's... like, I, hopefully my passion for it, you know, goes out in the universe and other people like, it's yeah, nice. man. And like, you're doing something that you love and you're pouring your passion and your heart into it. And there's, there's an intangible there and I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I like it. I think oh. it matters, you know? Yeah. That's, that's probably the only way I'd do it. I'm like, I realized I realized pretty quick I'm like I I don't I like working I don't mind working at yeah. all but it I realized I don't like bosses I don't oh, like no. having a boss and and it comes I mean yeah it comes down to like I'm totally down to put in the time but it has to be something like I'm I believe in you know like a passion for me and mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I wish of, more people would do it. And I, yeah. I mean, it's not just people's fault. I mean, it is kind of our society and the, the structure that's out there. And yeah. we have a system that just pumps out workforce people. And so it's not like, I'm yeah. not like throwing shade about people. I think there's some uh, things to overcome in that vein. But I was talking about on the last episode and we'll talk about on this one. I think I like to showcase like Lindsay Shepard's lifestyle, your lifestyle, yeah. what Andrew Onerma is doing, uh, what Falcon is doing. I mean, there are, there are ways to create a life and we all have to work. Okay. So like, how can we figure out a way to pursue our passions, do something that, you know, edifies you and gives you value. And then also like you're providing, like you're, can you like, I can't, I think about like the ripples of the podcast, right? Like I have yeah. no idea 
how far those ripples will go. Like one person hears an episode and then like maybe their kid one day or their friend or you just never know. But oh, I mean, think about obviously. your bikes. Like, do you ever think about like all the crazy places your bikes will go and the, the, the adventures people will go on? Definitely. Like while I'm like, especially while I was building Andrews, I was just like, man, this bike is going to go some places. This bike is going to see some crazy shit, like for sure. And, uh, no, I, th- I think about that. It's, uh, like I'm excited for the future because I'm like I know they're probably gonna go really crazy places. I'm like I want to see some like Atlas Mountain Race, like yeah. Let's get them out there. Yeah, so, uh, it'll happen, man. Uh, yeah. So what's what is next for you? Uh, yeah, I mean you're you're less than a year in, but but where are you at right now, and how are you hoping to grow it and make it sustainable? Like, do you have yeah. kind of a path forward? A little bit, yeah. Right now, it's uh, you know it's a little bit of like I'm in the trial phase for sure. I'm like, okay, does this even make sense? You know, like obviously you do as much as much like running numbers as you can before you get going, but like done all that, and surprisingly. I'm doing pretty good right now. Um, like I, as far as like I'm being busy. Um, so really right now it's trying to really just kind of find a groove, be more consistent with everything. Like try to find some consistency as far as like, Oh, I'm building this many bikes a month. They're like, whatever, you know, um, checking off the orders, but really it's just grow it into something that's sustainable um that hopefully i can keep doing for a while because yeah. you know so you're yeah there's always backup plans but, <laughs> but. so you're building bikes mm-hmm. uh you're happy with them your customers are happy with them and uh so what about from like you know you got your painter you got your manufacturers like yeah. do you have a good uh like a system in place for like you know sourcing all your materials and on the paint and all that like or is that still part of like what you're trying to like dial in i'm I'm still dialing it in for sure but it's kind of coming together pretty quick like pretty easily Um, not easily but like you know there's a lot of stressing about that for a while and i'm like because like at first i was like man i got i got the numbers all fit and then all of a sudden it's like damn paint's expensive (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. so uh, it's all like how am i gonna do this but uh but no right now it's actually things are falling into place pretty quick and like i am in a sick position like i said like i i have my rent covered from already for like a year and so like if i didn't have that like we might not be in this position um so really it's just yeah trying to see how far i can i I want it to last forever you know but i'm like i'm not gonna like starve obviously like if i gotta (laughs) get a job i'll get a job but uh but well, yeah. we all do. I did real estate for, yeah, I mean, I just You're dropped saying, it, but I was, yeah. you know, I've been doing real estate on the side for four and a half years and I've started other businesses. Like I'll be like in one, but then on the side I'm starting something and yeah, yeah. you kind of want to like transition into something and not oh, jump yeah. on it. It sounds like you're still doing the welding to just, yeah. you know, make sure everything, yeah. you and keep yourself in a good position so you can keep doing it. Part of it's just like, you can't, it's like. I want to just build bikes, but like, I'll still get some like welding gigs that are kind of too good to turn up, like as far as money. You yeah. Know? And I'm like, Hey, at least if I do this, I know I can keep building bikes. So I'm like, I'm going to keep doing that. So what about hiring somebody? Do yeah. you, do you see yourself like growing it to the point where you'd like to have, uh, people working with you or that really scares me to think about being someone's boss, but obviously if it made sense and i realize now that 
you definitely will probably have to hire someone at some point because it gets it's a lot of stuff to do you know um but yeah i think so but i feel like we're a little too soon to really know exactly like probably get a get another year under me before i start you know scoping out too big you know oh yeah um but yeah and there's always the question it's like okay do you because like slow southern steel is definitely a little bit of a a niche you know like a crowd you know customers so i'm like maybe potentially there'd be another brand in there that's a little more a wider audience you know maybe a little more affordable of a bike um i don't really know where that's at necessarily but uh and, and maybe uh, you hear a, a lot of companies are doing that where they're really more building like a brand versus just mm-hmm. like a bike company yeah. and so like it might go that direction at some point i don't know but for now i'm definitely i'm a maker so i just i want to make things so i definitely want to if that means I got to hire someone so that I can just build, <laughs> that would be that would be a potential. I might do that. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Like just from like the numbers, like keeping track of cost oh, of goods yeah. and taxes and like oh, yeah. all that. Like just having someone, maybe just posting the social media, like all that stuff. I have like yeah. Emily works with me and she has for many years, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it. Like I need first of all i am not the most organized person in the world right. uh <laughs> you know and emily is ex- highly organized i her her husband is my best friend and like their house like you know you open up a closet and everything's in tupperwares and it's labeled and it's like yeah. you know every, you know she changes her decorations out seasonally mm-hmm. like you're supposed to and oh, like she's yeah. just on top of everything and yeah having somebody that can take on like take over that to where you don't have to worry about kind of the minutia of running the business as much i mean obviously i'm involved in all that but like it just takes a huge pressure off me and allows me to focus on like you know seeking out the guest and editing the podcast and making sure that you know the content that's bringing people to bikes or death is is good you know exactly yeah. yeah so that would probably be a good oh that's what i'm realizing someone's trying to be sneaky yeah you can take a picture. <laughs> so let's sell some bikes real quick yeah. uh, while we're here. Like, what's your pitch? Like, who who would want to call you up and uh, and yeah, I'd and say, have you build a bike for them? I'd say if you're you know if you're looking for a bike to do some exploring, bike packing, anything kind of along that vein, or just honestly gravel um, that. Yeah, honestly any bike i'll build like i said earlier but if you're along that vein if you um and you know you're a little bored with the the general thing uh in the bike shop you know the the bikes you're looking at i'd say i'm probably a good option for you um and then the other big thing would be like which is all builders but it's like yeah if you got really long arms and short legs or whatever yeah. like well, we can make you a bike that fits yeah. so um but as far as that, it's like, it, it really is. It's like, it's unique. Like my branding, you're talking about the grunge kind of thing. It's like, I feel like, unless you're just like a homie, like most of my customers will probably be someone like looking for that style, like bike, you know, you almost think like crust and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, maybe along those lines, but someone who wants like to make sure it's uh, had a lot of, all the details paid attention to and is uh, made in America, supporting uh, a small artist, I guess, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm into that. So like, uh, you know, hey, Jesse, I wanna build a bike, do you yeah. take a deposit? Yeah. What's the, what's the turnaround time? 
totally so there is obviously a little wait list but like in a perfect world if there's not a wait list i'm shooting for like a month turnaround oh wow so, um, that's fast yeah pretty quick which that's a little bit of that would be like we've got the emails and stuff out of the way you know already um so the full process might be longer than that but um yeah if you get a I ask a, like a thousand dollar deposit. Um, it varies a little bit. It's right around a thousand bucks, and yeah. that just covers materials just in case something happens and I'm stuck with a bike, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, hit me up. Well, uh, let me know what what you're looking at doing. We'll start like kind of the design process. I'll usually get the deposit before we get too deep into that, and then from there it's like a week of fabrication, a week at the painters. Um, get it back get all the decals all that on there and get it shipped so wow the process so wow that's amazing so how like how do people contact you what's the best way to Um, get in contact with you right now i do have a website it's sss.bike um so i got the dot bike handle that's nice pretty sweet yeah uh and there's a there's a form on there that you can fill out that kind of starts the whole process but you can also hit me up on instagram like I'm, I'm down <laughs> you're not that. that big yeah i'm not that big yeah <laughs> just anyway yeah, yeah by the way it's slow southern steel on instagram exactly. or sss.bike yes. is your uh instagram brand. for your for exactly. your brand yeah man i'm trying to think if there's is there anything else we didn't talk about with man. your bikes like oh that's no. another question yeah. i wanted to ask you um so you know you're you're gonna build someone a frame mm-hmm. but you can also like fully uh fully built bike you know wheels yeah. fork yeah. stems like everything like you sell completes is there totally. any limitations to what you can build uh, from a from a component standpoint not not really i got i got that counts rolling now um i prefer not to put parts on bikes just because it is a huge ordeal to get bikes and stuff and i don't have a bike shop necessarily i have a fabrication shop yeah so so far i've actually been trying to send people to a local bike shop in town um so i would probably encourage that for most people but if they want me to do it i can do it i can get parts on there um why is that just because like you specialize in building and they customize kind of because i'm like man that's a whole nother it like I'm sure some people can handle it, but like that's a whole nother thing to like keep, uh, you know, organized, you know? Uh-huh. And the hardest part recently has been stock. It's like, right. like I can't offer any like time frames with like parts right now, you know? I was yeah. like, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if we're lucky, maybe like, but uh, otherwise, but um, bike shops generally, that's what they're professionals. They're way right. better at it. They can build a bike probably quicker than me. Um, and they actually like, I'm a little more on the fabrication side now and so since i haven't worked in a bike shop i've realized i'm like i'm like getting a little rusty like i don't know all the new standards and stuff i'm like it's kind of hard to keep up with it yeah. all so uh i could almost so. see a good way i don't know if this is what you do it but like if i was gonna order a bike from you and have you build me a frame i'd almost put my bike shop in contact with totally. you and be like you know these are the parts that i want but totally. basically y'all two can figure out exactly, exactly how the everything works together and that's kind of how it's worked with this shop in town so right. far um which, which shop been, is it is it yeah. one particular shop that um, you're trying to? high roller in fayetteville has been helping me out um which is kind of like the oldest shop around okay. i think they're building 
or they've been there since like 74 or something so they have all the super old tools so that's why i like it you go yeah. in there it's like they got campy bottom bracket taps and all that so uh they've seen it all and done it they've all they've seen it all but they do a, they good do a good job and they're really stoked about the bikes so it's fun to bring the finished bike in there it'll be like this is my experience i'm building a bike and there's like one part i'm missing on the whole bike so of <laughs> course i'm going to the bike shop anyways um but they're always stoked because they're like oh new bike <laughs> showed up and, and they're all bike nerds so yeah hell yeah man well i love it man i'm i'm stoked for you it's nice to see another person in the bike industry following their passion and bringing their own like spin and flair and yeah, your own passion to uh, to bikes. And like I said, that bike rides like a dream. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome to hear. So it's great feedback. So. Yeah, and I love, I mean, the aesthetic is, is just beautiful. Yeah, so good job, man. Dude, I, I, I wish nothing but uh, success for you. And hopefully we sold some bikes today yeah, on the podcast. You I might've sure sold so. me. I don't know. Dude, well, love to. We'll have to see. chat. See if Panorama will, will let me ride another. No, they will. <laughs> that was actually one of the cool things about them is they, they I didn't yeah. even bring it up. They told me they were like, you don't have to only ride our bike. Right. Like, and that's like, I want to ride their bike, yeah. but there's a lot of cool bikes. That, oh, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, oh, and so. Be sad uh, to ride one bike. One, yeah, <laughs> to be limited to one bike. Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of company I want to work for is like, I, I want to, like, I want to ride your bike because I want to ride your bike and I will ride your bike. But, mm -hmm. you know, if I talk to Jesse and he wants to build me a custom gravel bike with monster tires on there and panorama doesn't sell one i mean maybe i have to yeah. do that okay. you know Dude, we'll put some stickers on it panorama <laughs> throw some bikes or death <laughs> <laughs> no i want a bikes or death model okay there we go <laughs> yeah hey, if, if we cool. do something yeah like that's been my dream right like i've always yeah. i don't want to start a bike company but it's uh -huh. like i want my own air jordan shoe you know totally. i like want my own bikes yeah. or death <laughs> model at some point in oh in, totally in that would be yeah. super cool yeah maybe. that's always been like I only had a couple like one I wanted to interview Leo Wilcox that was like mm -hmm. episode 10 check yeah. okay fine easy in Fayetteville in Fayetteville yeah, yeah. That. that's awesome and, but the other one I was like man one day it would just be cool if like I had a Bikes or Death model. model out there oh that would be so sick yeah. hell Clap. yeah dude. one day we'll yeah, see there we go we'll see alright man well Heck it's been yeah. a pleasure yeah same did we miss Happy. anything not that I can think of <laughs> I'm I'm I forgot what we talked about already. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly about bikes. Yeah, bikes. Yeah. This is what I do all day. So every day. So, yeah. Well, it's awesome, man. Okay. All right, everybody. We'll hit up Jesse over at Slow Southern Steel and uh, or SSS.bike and uh, hit him up, man. Yeah. And get in line right behind me. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, buddy. All right. Good talking with you, man. Yeah, man. You too. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in to today's episode and a special shout out to Jesse for making the drive all the way to come and see me, to have a chat, and to share all about his new business endeavor. I wish him nothing but the best. And if you're interested in uh, having a chat with Jesse, even if you would just wanna learn more about his process and what he can offer, don't be shy to hit him up. Again, you can find him over at sss.bike. That is a website address. You can also find him at sss.bike on Instagram. And of course, you can find him at Slow Southern Steel on Instagram as well. Now, shifting gears just a little bit, I want to make a note about Panorama, not to hijack Slow Southern Steel and what they're doing, but like we talked about on the podcast, there's lots of options, lots of bikes, and lots of different butts. And it's up to you to figure out what bike fits your butt. 
And I just want to put a call out that if you work for a bike shop and you're interested in working with a bike company that is climate neutral certified, that is building bikes in a sustainable manner and literally leading the way in our industry, I would really like for you to consider bringing in Panorama Bikes to your shop. Their tagline is Backcountry Bicycles and everything that they do is built with the backcountry adventurer in mind or the cyclist that just wants to go, go, go and see and see more. If you're interested in learning more about this great company and how we can work together, shoot me a message over at bikes at bikesordeath.com and let's get the conversation started. Well, again, I am excited because next week I'm heading out to the end of the Tour Divide. It's a huge year this year. Currently, we have three racers that are beating the men's record that was set by Mike Hall. And we have Lael, who is beating her own women's record that she established. And I hope to be at the finish line to talk to as many of them as possible. And if you'd like to help support those efforts, you can find out more over at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. That's all for this week. Until next time, you know what to do. Go ride your damn bike. It was the middle of the night. You grabbed your knife and you held it tight. The sounds of beasts kept you awake. The sounds they made kept you afraid. In the morning, you packed your bike. Memories forgotten from the previous night. You rode faster than ever before was it your imagination or merely folklore fear turned into strength as you pushed further every pedal stroke stronger and firmer your bike feels weightless your legs aren't tired you think to yourself just a few more miles bikes oh death bikes oh.